Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I am here today with a very special guest, a friend of mine, Donnie Hadfield-Smith. He is a fellow podcaster. He is the co-host of Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. Through the pandemic, he has started two podcasts, now a third. Um, He is co-hosting a podcast called I Am the Cute One on The Dip, which is watching videos of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And Donnie, tell me more about the podcast. It's brand new. Of course. Yeah. So The Dip is a subscription-based magazine and they're starting a podcast network. So they were reaching out to different um, people with a pop culture emphasis that they found on social media. And they reached out and asked if I have any other interests besides housewives, since they're spoken for on that front. So I said, yeah, if you want me to talk about anything 90s, I, I gladly will. So they have me and my friend Chelsea, who has a pretty big Instagram following. Um, And we are going to be watching, season one of our show is going to be us watching the Mary-Kate and Ashley mystery series. And we'll recap a different episode every episode of our podcast. And then season two, we'll go from there. Oh, that is amazing. (laughs) I am so excited for you. That is so awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. For you guys that don't, uh, obviously, none of you know Donnie. This is their first time meeting him, but he has done quite a bit over the pandemic. He is he has interviewed so many people, um, which is super cool. He interviewed Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray, and he interviewed Robert Rashad from Cousin Skeeter, and Kaylin Allen, who that was, I loved that interview that you did with Kaylin Allen. It was Thank awesome. You. you guys talked all about imposter syndrome, and it was really, really great. But you... Um, you just started this in September of last year. Is that right? Like around September? A little bit later, actually. November we started was our first episode. Of Know That. Yeah. Okay. So we started that. And that's me, myself, myself, my husband, and then my friend Anthony. And we started Know That. That was in November. And then by January 1st, we were interviewing like housewives that were on the show. And when I first started it, I didn't imagine it to go that big. I just wanted something to do with my time because we were unemployed. All I was doing was watching Real Housewives anyway. So I was like, if people want to hear me talk about it, we might as well. And then in two months time, I was like in the sights of Bravo Network. They were reaching out to me with different opportunities. It was crazy. 
That's just amazing. <laughs> now, for everybody that's listening to the podcast, you have to know a couple of things about me. Number one, I'm pop culture illiterate. <laughs> um, but number two, I'm really inspired by Donnie. Like Donnie has been somebody that has has, has been just a, a guiding light for me throughout the pandemic. I've been watching his his growth and progress and all of the great things that he's been doing. I mean, I've been Donnie. I've been a fan of you since since the Rachel Ray <laughs> <laughs> video. He does these videos. <laughs> then anyway, you guys, if you guys want to follow Donnie at Real Donnie Wood on Instagram, you can see some of the some of his old. So I've been a fan of him forever, but. The what, why I have him on the podcast today is because a lot of you guys that come on the po- are listening to the Get the Fuck Off podcast are stuck in some situation in your life. And I have definitely been stuck in my life. And Donnie and I actually know each other because we used to work together in what I would say is it was a pretty crappy environment. I would agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, maybe you all have uh, heard me say that on one or 10 podcasts. Um, but when we all, um, when we all kind of left work after the pandemic, I think that certain people um, went through um, a semblance of shifting their mindset to be able to change. And you obviously have done that with all that you've accomplished. And I just wanted you to tell me a little bit about your story about how that happened for you, that you went from feeling a certain way about yourself and who you were and how you were showing up in the world to this new person who is succeeding astronomically on so many levels. Thank you. Um, All of the jobs I've ever had in my life were nothing that anyone would aspire to like it's all very like a 16 year old could have that job and I would walk into these jobs whether it's retail or restaurant or whatever and I would because of my personality I'll pat myself on the back a little bit but because of my personality I would be hired on the spot and that would feel good in the moment but then once you're at the job a little bit I was like oh this is not (laughs) a job I want so it was just one job to another and I was the job that we worked together I was at for eight years. And in the beginning, again, I was hired right on the spot the day of I was hired to be a manager, no less. So like, I did feel good about myself. But then the more I was there, it was very soul sucking. And you really had to commit all of your time there. And because you are so absorbed in it, you don't know that you deserve better or that you can get better. And I've tried numerous times throughout my life to apply for things that were more aligned with what I went to school for or things that were closer to my dreams. And I would send in my resume and I don't know if my resume wasn't good or what, but I wouldn't take a step further. So then I would think like, oh, these jobs that I walk in the day of, I guess that's all I'm like made out for. So I was at this job for eight years-ish, and then the pandemic happened. Um, And I was unhappy at that job for (laughs) a while, but again, I didn't think I could get anything else. So then when the pandemic happened, the first six or so months, maybe three, I don't know, whenever that first, like you have to go back to work date was, Until then, I was just trying to survive the pandemic. I locked myself in my house, I gained a bunch of weight, I was just trying to stay alive. And then when they said, okay, it's healthy, people can come back to work. I said, I did nothing with this time away. I always wanted a vacation. I always wanted to be away from this place. And I was and don't have anything to show for it. So then that's when I like had the idea 
of a podcast or a YouTube show or something, but I needed, if I was going back to this place, I needed to go back with a passion. So I started that podcast and then different things happened where I didn't have to go back and I just kept building from that. I was like, well, I'm proud of myself for starting the podcast in the first place. So what can I add to that? So I added a different podcast and then I reached out for bigger guests. I tried to get more followers on Instagram or whatever, more listeners and then like paid opportunities sometimes. And I just kept trying to build. Once I would become proud of myself for something, I tried to see the next level I could go. I love it. I love it. And I think that's, that's great information for people to know, to listen, because you're, you have to believe that you are the thing before you are the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm part of, yeah, of course. I'm part of a mastermind group. And that's what, when I was first trying to form this all, the man in charge, his name's Alistair. He said, what is the highest level of the job that you are now? Like what's the highest? So for me, it's like an entertainment personality. And he said, don't say that's what you want to be. That is what you are right now. You are an entertainment personality. And when I made that mental shift, that's really when things started to take off for me. Absolutely. That's so important, I think, for people to know. And it's great that you joined a mastermind group. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that group. Um, And just, well, let's just go back really quick about that shift of being the the person before you are the person I've had to kind of do that as well. And I think that a lot of people get tripped up in the fact that they are waiting for some proof that they can step into that before it actually happens. And how did you overcome that? Like how, what was it, were the strategies that you used to overcome that imposter syndrome or whatever you were feeling when you were reaching out to these different people? And what were the, what were the, the what was the process for you? Well, I think it's because I felt like I had nothing to lose almost because I was a beginner podcast. So it's not like I invested all this money into it. And if people saw me a certain way, I would lose credibility. I was just starting and anyone that fed into it would just take me higher into the next level and help me be more successful and whatever those goals were. So in the beginning, I started memes based on the episodes that I was watching and talking about on the podcast. And then sometimes they would get traction from housewives. So then I would, I was like shocked that these women that I'm watching on TV even saw these things I was creating. So then I said like, let's reach out and see if I can get them on the podcast. So I reached out entry level first, like maybe some of their kids or their husbands or coworkers or whatever. And those people started to say yes. So then when I would book them, I was like, okay, who's the next level I can get all the way up until people that are like on Bravo salary. Um, And I think those little breadcrumbs I was putting out in the beginning for the friends of or whatever. I think that was to because I was scared to jump levels of that ladder. So once I saw that I could reach out to people and they were taking me seriously as a podcaster and as an entertainment personality, I said, well, then everybody should. So that's when I started reaching out to the bigger names and they did. They said, yes. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. You people see exactly what you show them. And, and, you know, I try to tell people this as a coach all the time that you you present to somebody the person that you want them to see. And I think that especially 
coming from the environment that you and I both were in at one point, I think you just kind of some people and not just people that work in whatever, you know, a lot of people get stuck in their lives, in careers, in things, because they, they don't think about themselves in those ways. They don't have that confidence. So it's great that you were able to get that confidence and to be able to say, yeah, I fucking, yes, I am an entertainment personality. I am. And I can, I take myself seriously. I show up as a professional. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the, your mastermind group, but also about connection in general, because I think connection is so important for every person, um, regardless of what they want to do with their lives and where they want to go. It doesn't matter what the fuck it is. It doesn't matter if, if you are an entertainment personality or if you are, I don't, I don't fucking know, um, a fireman, you know, yeah, like, yeah. unique connection is important. Um, being able to reach out and connect is important. So can you tell me a little bit about the differences between say, how much time you spend connecting with others, networking now um, with what you're doing compared to say two years ago? Two years ago, I would say was little to none. And now I feel like I do it every day. And whether I know that I'm doing it, or if we're just bonding over a shared passion, that shared passion is entertainment. That shared passion is podcasting. So I'm talking to people in the field and in the places I want to be. Whereas before the places I wanted to be seemed so far off that I didn't even think I could like buy a ticket to those places. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But now people are going to be buying a ticket to see you. So it's it's. <laughs> now, I, I'm not. I'm not actually blowing smoke. But I think that a lot of people have trouble with the idea of connection, and I know that I especially did, in that people don't realize that they they they're scared of how they they might come off. So as a, as somebody that's new in anything, it doesn't matter what the 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 career is that that person is new at, um, new in business, new in in whatever. I think people are very afraid to go out and network. They think that they have to have like something to show. And in reality, networking sometimes could just be sending someone a DM telling them that you really liked a video that they made. Right. Yeah. And And I think doing it virtually really helped because I've always been someone, I worked in retail, I worked in hospitality. I can upsell you whatever, the item of the day, or I can sell you a credit card or anything like that. But seeing myself as the product to be sold, I always had self-esteem issues where I couldn't really pitch it because I didn't believe it. So doing it online in the beginning, especially, I almost got to like, catfish people (laughs) like like you should come on my podcast this is how great it is and whether I truly believed it or not those people didn't know and they don't get to see me say um or like shiver when I say it to them so doing it virtually really helped and then the more people said yes the more I believed it and now it's just I reach out to like Oprah and Michelle Obama and if they if they say no they say no but at least they're getting the email what do you have to lose? That's the thing. I mean, if Oprah says no, then she says no. I mean, either way, it's either you don't reach out to Oprah and she doesn't come on your podcast or you reach out to Oprah and she says no. I mean, really, it's the, (laughs) or maybe she'll say yes. Right. Absolutely. That's, and that's what I'm learning. So much of what I've succeeded in during the pandemic was truly just from asking people and 
if podcasts stop tomorrow, if the entertainment industry stops tomorrow, I still will walk away from all of this knowing that to get what I want, you have to ask. And that's across the board. I think that you um, talked with Kaylin Allen about that, as I recall, because I think I remember that. And I remember being inspired by that because I always was myself, you know, as a coach and being new in business, it was always weird. And I, I resonate with what you say about seeing yourself as the product, because the truth is you provide value to somebody else's life, whether you're entertaining them like you, right. or, you know, you're helping with them with some, with some shifts in their mindset to help them accomplish a thing like me, you're providing value. And it's almost wrong to not give people that, I agree. you know, I, I love that. And I wanted to know if you have like, I think that we, throughout our time in New York, have known a lot of different types of people. And I think throughout the pandemic, we've seen a lot of people flourish and we've, and we've seen some people have a harder time. And if you were to think of maybe three people that you could offer advice to that may have had a harder time, um, what would you say would be the most important things that you do daily that you didn't always do that has helped you? Hmm. Um, well, I definitely started manifesting the three, six, nine method. Um, I do it just verbally, but I know some people do it written three times in the morning, six in the afternoon, nine before bed. And just whatever it is that I want to manifest this week, it's money. (laughs) Sometimes it's, sometimes it's success. Sometimes it is something a little more tangible, I guess. Um, well, not tangible, but more concrete. I just say it three, six, nine times a day. And it has surprised, like money, especially Andy. I started that a few weeks ago and it, I feel like money is falling out of the walls since I've started it. It's really? insane. It's insane. Money is interesting because I think, I don't, I, I read the map to abundance recently And I realized that I had a lot of limiting beliefs around money. So I have started to kind of reframe my ideas about money because money is just energy and people that grow up in kind of middle class. I was actually just having a conversation with somebody that we both know uh, this afternoon about money because he and I were talking about money. And uh, he said, oh, you know, I know that I know that we shouldn't talk about money. And I said, you know, I've been having some conversations recently. I think people should talk about money. I don't know where money became taboo, but as a middle class person and, you know, when you're raised middle class, you're kind of taught not to talk about mm-hmm. money, that money's weird, that there's hangups with money. And once you get over that stuff, money just starts coming. Yeah. I have experienced that as well over the last, I would say, probably six to eight weeks. And I just want to clarify, I am doing less work that I hate now than I've ever done. And I have more money than I've ever had. And I don't know how, how, like, I do know how it's the reframe around it. Also, I think that you have also redefined what work means. And I think because you said in the beginning um, that you'd always done jobs that you felt that anybody can do a 16 year old can do this. And, and, I have two actually. Yeah. And I and I had kind of similar similar things. I mean, you know, had education, had all of these things, but yet somehow I always ended up in those jobs. How now, I mean, it seems like you've redefined your idea of work. Like that this isn't a hobby. 
this is your job. Yeah. And that, and even when it was unpaid, so I just signed the contract for this new Mary Kate and Nashley podcast a few weeks ago, which I would like to reiterate. I signed a contract to be able to speak about Mary Kate and Ashley, which if you would have told me six months ago, that was a possibility, or even me in high school, I would have, my job would have been on the floor, but (laughs) I am being paid to talk about Mary Kate and Ashley movies from 1995. But even before I signed that contract, I treated podcasting and social media management during this pandemic as a job. I would do it, however, six to eight hours a day. And I wasn't getting paid for it, but the energy I brought to it, I treated it like a business and now it has become one. It's a business. Yes. So let's just talk about the fact that you are getting paid. (laughs) You signed a contract to talk about Mary-Kate and Ashley. Like, is that like, and I've known you a while. I've known you a while. And I can't think of a job that is more you. I mean, I can't think of me neither. And at first, when it first, so when it first happened, I like cried signing the contract. I was so excited, of course. And then when I started to tell different people, like my husband and you, there are certain people that were all very excited for me, no matter what. But then like when I told my dad, like, well, now I'm a little embarrassed. And then when I told whoever, like people from church that I used to go to church with, I was a little embarrassed. And then I said, why am I embarrassed? They might be doing a job they hate 40 hours a week. I am talking about Mary-Kate and Ashley for an hour a week and getting paid. So <laughs> there, there's nothing to be embarrassed of. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So back to the, I want to talk about that too. I want to talk about the, so I read over the pandemic, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And it's one of my favorite books and I love it. And I love Mark Manson, even though he's a little bit more cynical than I am, but that's okay. He's a great, brilliant writer. Um, you know, psychology, they always like lie on the cynical side. Um, But anyway, not giving a fuck. You were talking about the beginnings of, you know, starting both of your podcasts. So Donnie used to have a podcast called Truly Anything and that he's in the process of revamping. So I didn't mention it earlier, um, but so he had two different podcasts in the beginning and he was talking about reaching out. You were talking about reaching out to different people and just, I had nothing to lose. And even now, as I hear when you're talking, I hear you being like, yeah, so what? Like I'm doing this. This is great. So I want to I, tell me more about ways that you think, well, actually this is more kind of for the listeners about how to get yourself into that. I don't give any fucks mindset, like not to be embarrassed. Like there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like, what do you have to, you know, what are the things that you tell yourself, things that you affirm? I've always more or less been a person like this. Um, I'll put on a wig or a hot dog costume in the middle of a crowded dance floor. It, I'll, you know, it doesn't matter where I am. I like being a spectacle and I like being the center of attention. So I definitely think that having that groundwork has helped me not give a fuck in general. But in terms of professionalism, I, I think, and it goes back to not getting what you want unless you ask. No one's going to come up to you unless you're Chris Pratt at Bubba Gump and say, do you want this job? Do you want to be an actor? No one's going to come to you. So you almost need to just get in the mindset and just get over yourself and your fears and your 
whatever's in front of you, you need to break down because the only thing, and this is so cliche, but the only thing in your way is yourself. And if you're holding yourself back and if you're not going into the right rooms, you're the one doing that. So you just need to push through and do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. People are in their own way all of the time. And people also like to use the different situations that are happening externally to kind of explain why they're not, why they're not succeeding. I mean, over the pandemic, we've heard people use everything from, oh, well, it's the pandemic. And then it's, oh, well, we can't do this. Then it was the political climate. Then it was all of these things. And I just like, there's always going to be shit that's happening in the world. Right. Like major injustices are going to be fucking happening. They're going to be happening all the time. People are going to die all the time. There's going to be bad shit happening all the time. And it sucks that there are bad things happening all the time. And you can invest your time and energy into caring about causes that you're passionate about. I know that you have things that you're passionate about that you have spent time during the pandemic. I know that Black Lives Matter is very important to you. I mean, I know that you know, there are different things that have been very important to me throughout the pandemic. And that's, that's important. Like it's important to invest your energy into things that you care about, but to use the fact that there are bad things happening in the world as a reason why you don't treat yourself nicely Mm -hmm. in my, in my opinion is kind of unfair. I mean, don't, do you, do you agree or? I agree because unless you are going to be a, and the word escapes me, but it's so, it's such an easy word. So I'm mad. I forgot it. Not an advocate, but like, a, who are the people that march in the street and like lead the protest? Oh, shit. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever that word is, unless that's what you're going to be doing with your time, you can still march and you can still care about these things. Donate your time, donate your money. You can still be doing that, but you will have all of this extra free time that you are spending at home treating yourself poorly. So that free time could be spent channeling that into yourself. Because how I think of it is if the more money and the bigger platform I have, the more I can be doing for these causes. So me miserable working at whatever, a restaurant I hate or a retail job I hate, and then these injustices are happening outside, or could I have a platform of whatever 50,000 followers that tune in to hear about Mary-Kate and Ashley, but now they're listening and now I can say, listen, what's happening in the world is not right. This is what you can do. Let's move on to talk about Mary Kay and Ashley. I think, you know, I think so. I, I, I don't want to get too, too political. My big, right. I think what I was thinking about with that was mostly about the election, because I think yeah. the people were very, very mad and invested a lot of anger. Then, then what? Then, then like people are still standing in the same place. It's yeah. like, you know, okay. Like you can be angry about things that are happening in the world, but like, that's a lot of energy. So if it's just anger about one thing and then anger about the next thing and then anger about the next thing, and you're totally right. If you're investing in yourself and then you have 50,000 followers, you know, you're going to be able to have a much more powerful voice than the person that just holds up in their apartment and gets angry and doesn't invest in themselves. You know, I think that you also had to go through a lot of shifting in your thinking about about that as well, just being able to 
Like how much would you say that you have reinvested into everything that you have been doing professionally over the last couple months? A hundred percent. I, where I was a year ago, a year and a half ago is not the person I am today. And the person I am today would not be happy would not be happy, but would not be satisfied with that life. I know that I, and not even what I've achieved or not even like a paycheck or not even any of that, but I know what I'm worth and I know what brings me joy and I know what I'm passionate about. And those are the things that I want to surround myself with and kind of frame my life around. And again, I don't mean the money or the success or any of that, but just in terms of passion and I know now there's no reason to be miserable every day of course a bad day or of course tragedy happens of course but for my for my existence to have caused me misery five days a week that's not anything that anyone should ever have to go through And yet I think a lot of people do go through it. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, people like in my life, like my relatives, (laughs) like, I mean, you know, I look at at that and I see that as more of a common theme than not. I don't think most people wake up every day with joy. I don't think that most people wake up every day thinking, okay, what do I want my life to actually look like? And I listen to the language that you're using about okay, you know, the way that you want to structure your life and the way that you want things to be. And it's very inspiring. I don't know if a lot of people know how to do that. And I know that you've talked a lot about it so far, but I mean, what is that about? Like what, what sorts of things, like when you focus on, on your every day, what are the things that you focus on to create more of what you want? Kind of back to the Oprah and Michelle Obama thing. I, my husband says I have my head in the cloud sometimes, but I don't ever think that anything is out of the possibility. And I try to instill that in him as well. So if he says he wants, whatever, if he wants to be an actor, if he wants to host a comedy show, I say, then then do it. And like, of course that sounds easier said than done, but at the end of the day, just do it. And there are there are steps to take to get there, of course, but whatever your dream is, I don't think there's a certain like age limit or if you've been stuck, quotes, in a job that you don't like, I don't think there is any reason you should have to give up your dream. It's still possible and it can still drive you. And I hear that a lot with people like the, oh, it's too late. Yeah oh, I've let too much time go by. And it's like, bitch, please, you, you've you been saying you let too much time go by for 10 years. Like you started 10 years ago. You know, <laughs> where would you be today? Yeah. I'm and a, there's I'm a- always the first day. I'm sorry to cut you off. There's yeah. always the first day. So you can keep going down that path, of course, saying I should have started 10 years ago. But then next year, you'll say you should have started 11 years ago. So start now and then end that, previous time. Just start now. 
Just start today. I learned that when I was quitting smoking, I smoked for 18 years. A lot of my listeners know that. I mean, like I was, I was quitting. I was going to quit that, but 11, 12, 13 years. I mean, I don't fucking remember. I was 20 years old when I was like, Oh, I think I, I really need to quit. And then a year later, and then I was 32 by the time that it happened. And it's just about doing daily work and showing up imperfect. I know that, you know, you showed up imperfect. You just started, you didn't care. And I would say for me, I know that it's about putting in daily micro actions. And if you could make what you do small, just so that somebody that's listening could see like, okay, I'm, I'm looking right now and somebody's like listening to this, they're, they're hearing about an entertainment personality that is, you know, that now is like really successful, but can you make it small? Like what is what are like three tiny things that you do every day that really got this started? Like three tiny things. Can they be specific to they what I've, spe- okay. They can be specific, yeah. All right. Um, so my beginning goals were to increase my following because then in turn that would increase my listeners and all that. Um, and to just start the podcast. So in terms of gaining that following every day, I would try to connect with someone on social media that had some kind of same interest as me. So whether it was a reality show or whether it was, we liked the same actress, I would go to someone's account that did that and just have a conversation with them in the comments. And then when we formed when I formed that connection with that stranger then I would get that like or that follow from them and then that would like lead to a different networking opportunity basically just from building that connection um and I do try to continue to do that besides that I just always take time to focus on So like how some people would read the newspaper in the morning, I do that to read celebrity gossip and news because that is stuff that I talk about on my show. So I get, and, and it brings me joy. So I take time for myself to dedicate that time into something I enjoy that will also, I guess, expand my knowledge in the field of things that I discuss. And then, you know, and that's also really important because I think people don't realize like, this is your job. So as you were saying, okay, like I created you, Donnie created your own job. So when you create your own job, you have to, you have to do research for your job. Like you can't just, I think a lot of people think, okay, I can just show up and I'm going to be the best and the brightest and the, and that sometimes happens one in a million times, but (laughs) most of the time people have to do reading. I mean, I always wanted to coach people. Like I always thought I was really good at it. You know, as a bartender, that's kind of what you're doing anyway, except for the fact that you're poisoning them rather than helping them. Um, But the conversation and the active listening part is there, but I didn't know jack shit about how any of it worked. I mean, I practically given myself a second college, second, third college (laughs) education, you know, just learning. And I think that's another thing that millennials are really averse to doing, and that's reading. And you got to fucking read. Mm-hmm. Like you got to fucking read, and you got to go out and network, and you have to reach out to people. 
no one is going to land on your Instagram and go, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen instant fame like you have, you have to reach out to people right so it's that the micro action of you carrying on a conversation with someone is really important and i think we can bring that to a broader level of people that are feeling stuck um anyone that listens to the get the fuck off podcast if you're feeling stuck connect you have to connect you have to connect like as as many as many times as you can with as many people as you can the goal should be to know every human on earth yeah that wants to do what you do Every human should know your name. And I, I love I love it. I love that you do it. And I love I love that you read. And I think that it's amazing. And it's just, it's so inspiring. It's so awesome. Um, it's just so awesome to see. It really is. Thank you. I feel the same about you. And we really used each other as a a source of energy and yeah, I'll just say energy. We really, I feel like we really helped each other through this pandemic in terms of inspiration and motivation. And you were a light during my, Aww. my year. You're making me blush. You guys aren't going to see me <laughs> blushing, but like I'm blushing. <laughs> you know what it is though? And I think that that's another really important thing is that unfortunately, sometimes when you want to become something new, you have to, you can't be around negative energy. Like, and there are a lot of times where we have people in our lives that are just kind of negative energy. And it's not that you need to get rid of them or that they can't be around, but you know, like somebody that would be brooding in anger, like that's always angry. Like you, sometimes you got to cut, you got to take a little bit of distance because that, that energy can be infectious. Like negativity is infectious. Absolutely. And Donnie and I, um, we had a little bit of an energy circle with another friend. And uh, during the pandemic, we provided good energy for each other. And a lot of people like to shit on that, but not ours in, in particular. But I mean, like in general, in life, like when you when you have this good energy circle, people be like, oh, these airy fairy motherfuckers. But like I actually had saw somebody in a group that I'm in on Facebook used the term airy fairy about it. <laughs> so that didn't come from me, but it's important. It's important to, you know, have somebody that says to you, yeah, you're great. And I think that you're, you're that for, you know, you, you were talking about being that for your husband where, you know, he was saying he wants to do these things and I see he is doing things, yeah. right? I mean, he's yeah. doing comedy. He did, he does that another podcast. Yes. He co-hosts know that with you. Mm -hmm. And then he has, it's going to be good. And that one's like political, but through a comedy lens. He's really, uh, yeah. he's really doing good stuff. So that is really awesome to see. See, like, see you guys build each other up. It's really, really great. Yes. And it happened. We, he wasn't happy with where he was. And then I was happy in the job that you and I shared. And then when we started seeing success in one person and they're, mental shift change than the other one in our household. And we would go back and forth, just building each other up, up, up. The energy really is contagious. It really is. It's so important. It's just something that I have, I've learned over the pandemic because it really can be, how many times have I said, really, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm not editing it out. <laughs> Tarantino is using the word really so many times. <laughs> you know, you guys don't understand. I am 
so nervous talking to Donnie because <laughs> I am, I just have my little podcast and he's so, he's like the most important person I've brought on the podcast so far. So I'm like super nervous, but I'm really, really happy and excited that you came on the show today to talk about all of this because it's so important. And I think so many people want to do things, but they just don't know how and they don't know how to get started. And I just wanted to ask you before we wrap things up, if you have anything like if you were speaking to somebody directly who just came to you and said, I just don't know how to get unstuck. What would you what would you tell them? I would tell them I've been there and that I n- it's never going to feel like the right time to do it. And it's, but you just have to push through and you have to see yourself differently. So even, and you can fake it till you make it, that's fine. But whatever you want to be, and whether that's professionally or whatever that means to you, whatever you want to be, you truly just see yourself that way. And I know that sounds easier said than done, but just tell yourself you are that and tell others you are that. And it will fall into place more or less. But when you start believing that is when you will take the right steps to get there. It's hard to say, I want to be this. So let me quit this job or let me move to this city or let me break out of this relationship or let me whatever because you still see yourself as the person that has that job in that city, in that whatever. But when Mm -hmm. you see yourself with these changes made is when you can take the steps to make those changes. I'm so with you. I, the beginning of the pandemic, I would introduce myself as an unemployed bartender. I'm an unemployed bartender. And that was like two months. And I, when I started coaching, saying it was like, I would trip on the words like, Oh, I'm a mindset coach. And like, it was like, it was heavy. It was heavy to say the words and I would make myself say it. And I mean, I remember listening to Tony Robbins unleash the power within on audible because I was too broke to actually go to Tony Robbins unleash the power within. (laughs) So I got the audible free trial, by the way, that's free trial that I ever got. But I mean, different things that he says, different things that he tells you about different ways that you carry your body, change your physiology, stand in front of your fucking mirror and say, I am whatever the hell you want to be. And you'll, you will choke on the words. You will for the first hundred, 200 times that you say it, but you're, you're going to start believing it. I mean, it's like neuro-linguistic programming. You have to say, I am this, I am this. Mm -hmm. And how long would you say that it took you? believing it and saying it before it felt natural and real, just so that people can get an idea of what they can expect. Until I truly, truly, truly believed it, I would say three months. Three months. Yeah. Three months of just reinforcing, reiterating. Yeah. And there were like, there were definitely changes along the way when I said like, maybe I am a little, like maybe I'm entry level (laughs) this now, but until I truly felt like I belonged in those rooms was three months. And then, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it was like, no, I'm doing this. This Uh, Yeah. Now I'm unstoppable. (laughs) I mean, you're really, but you really are though. That's the thing you really are. And how would you handle? And another question I have, um, how would you handle? And I don't know. I think I was kind of, I I thought about this earlier, but I didn't quite get around to it. How would you handle negativity that you might 
experience from people in your circles? Because I know that I have experienced probably the, the most pushback from the people that I'm closest to sometimes. Um, not all of them. I've had a really strong support system of COVID buddies and I call them COVID buddies because they are people that like I got really close to during COVID. But then there are people in, you know, my inner circle that I feel are, you know, I experienced some pushback. Like I'll say, I'm doing this. And it's like the, oh, go, you know, go fuck yourself kind yeah. of thing. What would you, what would you say to somebody about like, okay, somebody's listening to this podcast and they have decided that they want to become, I don't know, a marathon runner or whatever. It's like something like I yeah. random thing. What would you, what would be your advice for that person and how to get o- around that and how to overcome what people say? This was a big part of You Are a Badass which is a book by, I forget her name right now, but it is a book. I read that at the beginning of quarantine and it helped me a lot. And she talked about a lot of times when you do get negativity and pushback about your goals and your aspirations, it's because those people are holding themselves back. So they're just projecting on you. Like they don't think that they could be X, Y, and Z, or they don't think they're worthy of X, Y, and Z. So when they hear that you are ready to take those steps to do that, they are telling you the reasons that they don't think it's possible for anyone. Um, So I would just try to not take it personally and know that this is something that that person is struggling with Um, and whether they were raised to think that they're, that they should be stuck in this position forever or whatever the reason is, just know that it's a them issue and that you are worthy of success and that you can achieve what you want to achieve. I love it. I love it. You are the second person on the Get the Fuck Off podcast that has referenced You Are a Badass. And it is a book I have yet to read. So after this, I am going to go and buy the book. I think (laughs) that it's one that I have to read. It's so true, though, about that. It's so true about people projecting and anything that anybody feels about you is really about themselves. Yeah. Myself included. Myself. I'm not immune. Yeah. (laughs) I I do it, too. that's the thing about humans and is that we, we do, we all, we all have the same shit. So we all kind of have to work through it. Mm -hmm. It's so inspiring, Donnie. I'm so happy. And so, so, so happy for you. I'm so just proud to know you. You're just amazing. Can you tell everybody all of the places, because I know there are quite a few, all of the places that they can find you on social media. Sure. Let me take a breath before this so I can get it all out. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Real Donnywood. And then if you want to listen to my podcasts, you can find me at Know That, a Real Housewives podcast, or I Am the Cute One, a Mary Kate and Ashley podcast. And they are both available everywhere podcasts can be found. Oh, that's amazing. Donnie, thank you so much for being on the Get the Fuck Out podcast today. It was so great. It was. Thank you. And then about does it for today on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, guys. Big thank you to Donnie Hadfield-Smith for being here. He is so entertaining, so please check out his podcasts. Both Know That, a Real Housewives podcast, and I Am the Cute One, a Mary-Kate and Ashley podcast are both available on all platforms, so you definitely should check those out. He's great. And I just want you guys to know that you are capable of doing everything that you want to do. It doesn't take some big cosmic intervention. It just takes daily steps, daily steps, and you're going to get there. 
I believe in you. Mindset shifts. You know, start believing yourself as the thing and you will be the thing. True story. If any of you guys would like to be on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, you can reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. I really want to hear everyone's stories about overcoming obstacles, changing their mindset, getting the fuck off crap that doesn't serve them anymore, like booze. I mean, all kinds of stories. I love all stories on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, so you guys can feel free to reach out to me, or you can visit me on my website, getthefuckoff.com. I have a lot of great guests still coming up over the next couple of weeks. Until next Monday, you guys take care, be safe, and I will see you back here next time.